0: Hello, I'm Ken Bruce. I appeared as a guest on My Time Capsule, and after that I had to give up a job I'd had for 46 years. (sighs) Anyway, they want me to tell you that they've started a thing called Acast Plus, where for a small monthly fee, you can get the podcast ad-free. For me, I think the ads are the best thing in it. That Fenton Stevens, he does drone on a bit.
1: Anyway, whatever you like, do something And have a go at it. ACAST
0: Plus, my time capsule. Thanks, Ken. Charming. Anyway, to get my time capsule ad-free, and for a bonus my time capsule, the debrief episode every week, subscribe to ACAST Plus. Details in the description of this episode. Thanks. Bloody Ken Bruce, what a cheek.
2: Millions of people have lost weight with personalised plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds.
1: Hark the
0: Herald Tribune sings, glory to My Christmas Time Capsule 2023, Part 3. Hello, my name's Mike Fenton-Stevens, and this is the final part of our collection of past guests from the past year on My Time Capsule, telling me the one thing they'd like to have in a very sparkly Christmas time capsule – And part three is a bit special, with some lovely guests and a sneak preview of a guest who's coming in the new year. But let's start in the best possible way, with the gorgeous and very funny star of 8 Out of 10 Cats does Countdown, Afterlife, Him and Her, Outsiders and loads more, the brilliant Joe Wilkinson. Are you well?
3: Yeah, really good. Um... Busy, I should imagine. I'm I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying to write a stand-up. I'm trying to do that at the moment. I um. I'm liking the independence of it. Mm. You know. You know what this job's like. You always. I, I'm. I'm. No, I'm not complaining. But you know when you're. You've got the. Everything's a machine, isn't it? And you're a cog in lots with lots of other cogs, and yeah. uh, that, which is great. But also sometimes you just want to get on with stuff, and and that's why I'm sort of going. All right, let's do a bit of stand-up. Because mm-hmm. you can just you can just do it in the evening, you know. You can write something this morning and say it tonight. And I I think I've missed that a little bit. Yeah, you know, the, the immediacy of it. And I haven't done it for such a long time. And the, the really interesting thing I have said to my other half is, "I used to be able to work all day and then go out in the evening." And <laughs> it's such a marker of your age, I tell you. I've realised that part of my job is to find time to recharge the batteries now genuinely i'm like if i if i'm doing a gig now which i i finding even weird saying cuz i'm doing it i'll go <laughs> right i need to uh, i need at least 2 hours in the afternoon to just shut mm-hmm. my eyes and even if i'm not sleeping just sort of going shutting off the brain otherwise i will just collapse man yeah. God, I'm dep- depressing myself, Michael.
0: Unavoidable, sadly. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Until sadly, sadly. Elon Musk discovers the secret <laughs> of uh, eternal life,
3: he's got it. He's just not telling he's, us. Something. Has he got it already? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bastard. Just, I knew there was a point to having money. I knew it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the problem is, he's still Elon Musk.
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'd rather go without.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, Joe, we're going to talk about something you'd like to put into a Christmas time capsule.
3: Can I do a negative? Is that really bad? Can I do a thing? It's with not. Me? No, uh, most
0: people uh, are positive about Christmas, but actually, there are an equal number. I think.
3: Well, I, I'm I'm positive about Christmas, but I've got a very big negative from my past, which mm-hmm. is it's basically playing Christmas music in shops. <laughs> because if you've ever worked in a shop, you know how maddening that is. Because it starts in November, and by Late December, well, I'd say early December. You you're so close to going postal; it's unbelievable. Because like, they <laughs> they have a, they're on a loop. They're all on a loop, and you get to a point where you know what's coming up. Yeah, and you're you're not only hating the song that's on, you're hating the next two that are coming because you know <laughs> they're coming. And I think just for the sanity of it, anyone who's who works in a shop or has worked in a shop. Because I I get like PTSD when I go in at Christmas and hear a song and I, I <laughs> and because the, they've been the same for forty years obviously and so yes. so, so I go oh god I, I, it throws me back to <laughs> being trapped in a shop so um, apart from that I'm very positive about Christmas but that is a real problem for me.
0: I have said to shop assistants and I think I did this year in the middle of November. When it was going, simply having. Mm -hmm. I said, "Are you already fed up with it?" And this girl with a very sweet smile went, "I hate them already." (laughs) Yeah. And you said,
3: "What?" You said, "One of my." You sang one of my trigger songs.
0: I'm sure it is. I
3: was like, "Oh God!" I can just picture every. Funny enough, I don't think too much about that old job, but I can, for some reason, I can suddenly remember the carpet. (laughs) Because I think maybe I was looking down at the carpet a lot in that Mm. time just going, oh, please, please... (laughs) The long days of working about. Shop. Please, oh. Paul.
0: Surely you've got enough money. Just withdraw it. Just say nobody's allowed to play it anymore. Come exactly.
3: On. Oh my God. So yeah, I'm sorry. I'm negative, but generally I'm not. But
0: no, no, I don't blame you. It's a, it's a great cruelty, I think, to put them on a loop.
3: Ah, oh, yeah.
0: Nowadays they could play them on shuffle, couldn't they? And you wouldn't know what was coming next.
3: That's true. would that help? Let me think. Would it I help? Know. I don't know. Like. I also, I just think, and I don't have a problem with Christmas music. There's a few, like, like I, there's not a load of Christmas songs I love, but there's a few. But just sort of out, out of context, I quite enjoy them. It it reminds me of when I used, I used to work in a pizza place as well. Yeah. And they very generously would let you, you know, eat pizza for lunch and whatever, but sometimes you're doing a double shift and you'd have, like, pizza for lunch, pizza (laughs) for dinner. (laughs) And I thought I would never, ever eat pizza again. You know, like, it probably took me Maybe six years, maybe seven years to eat pizza again, and and mm. I try to work, I try to work out how long it took me to kind of enjoy Christmas songs. Yeah, probably pretty similar, so sort of maybe ten <laughs> years. I'm, this, this is taking. This, I'm regressing. I'm sorry, Mark. Yeah, no, it's all right.
0: <laughs> I like going to pizza places because uh, because generally somebody of about twenty one will say when you order a pizza they'll say dough balls. and i don't have to give the answer but in my head i have enormous fun
3: (laughs) there should be a knowing look
0: absolutely thank you for the setup
3: yeah Yeah. yeah, thank you for leaving it as well (laughs) one of the things about working at the pizza shop i'll never forget was the when you're waiting when you're taking out the pizzas they said however hungry you are do not Ever pick a bit of um, food off the pizza because uh, <laughs> there's a there's a famous story of I'm sure it's an urban, I'm sure, not sure it's an urban myth but it probably happens a lot where a waiter just picks a bit of pepperoni off or whatever eats it arrives at the table and there's a thin piece of cheese joining from their mouth to <laughs> <for> the pizza. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the ultimate giveaway. So that's
3: that's the first thing you're told when you work in a pizza place. Yeah. Do not do not pick pizza. Something I, off the piece
0: I've it. never worked in a shop, so I. I oh, he, I connect... you
3: lucky bastard!
0: I am a lucky bastard. Ah, oh. but I have sat backstage waiting to do the third performance of the day for Panto, and on <laughs> goes the Christmas music, which is exactly the same. So I know the feeling. You go, oh, four songs to go, and I'm on. <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh...
3: my friend does Panto, and he hmm. he sort of got a bit of a love hate with it. I think. Yeah, I don't know if it's like I think he enjoys it, but I feel like it. Maybe not so much now, but it always had a maybe a stigma with it. Is that fair? But... It
0: did, yeah. It was sort yeah. of, uh, you know, well, I think that actually there was a large period where it wasn't very good. Oh, it's right. It's become good again. I think yeah, there's, I think there's pressure what... on everybody to do it well. Yeah. And audiences are very particular now. So right. if a show is no good, it won't sell. Oh, really? Word gets around. It does very quickly because you oh, have a choice. Right. People can go elsewhere.
3: Can I ask one other question about Pantos? Yeah. Do you, they run into January, right, sometimes?
0: Sometimes.
3: Is that insane, though?
0: It's sort of madness doing that because if yeah. the schools have started again, you can only really do evening performances and everybody's got to go to school the next day. So you, now they may do, but they concentrate on the weekends. Right. Pantos used to, when I was a kid, pantos went on till Easter.
1: God, I just
3: can't get my head around. Like, I don't, like, it because as a kid, you can't, like, once Chris, once your presents are open, mm. you come down to earth with such a bump. Don't you? You know what I mean? It's all like that. Yes, yes, it's nearly here. Yeah. And then that sadness that comes with <laughs> it being over and then having to go and see a panto, I think, God, and I'd be like – now I'm depressed. Now <laughs> I love having a Sky Electrics, but I am depressed, you know. So. Well, you
0: just got to spot people saying, Are you looking forward to Have you had a good Christmas? <laughs> they, they suddenly have to change the lines.
3: I, <laughs> I can't imagine 4th of Jan doing a panto. It's
0: mad. The thing that I like most about after Christmas panto is that I had a little girl in Cambridge once. I said to her, What do you want for Christmas? She said, I'd like a pony, please. And I said, oh, lovely, but like a little, my little pony. She said, no, a real one. I said, oh, right. Do your mum and dad know about that? And, and I said, are you in the audience? And they went, yes, we're here. I went, do you know about this? They said, yes, we do. I went, oh, right. So do you think Father Christmas might be able to bring her a pony? And they went, yes, we do. I went, wow. Wow, wow. I said, where are you going to keep it? And the little girl said, with the other ponies. Oh,
3: Flipping mm-hmm. Did you go, should we get someone else? I just You don't get a prize. <laughs> yeah, you don't yeah. get a prize. Yeah, let's get little Johnny up. He looks yeah, sad. Come on.
0: <laughs> get the boy down the front in the army uniform. <laughs> let's have the working class kid. Come on. <laughs>
3: ha- I'm guessing hasn't got a pony, and I shouldn't ask if he wants one.
0: <laughs> no. I could do a pony. I could do a monkey. What do you want, mate? <laughs> yeah.
3: He'd be lucky with a score. <laughs>
0: Joe, I hope you have a lovely Christmas. Thank and
3: you. And you. And without
0: you. any Christmas music at all.
3: A, a tiny bit. I could take a
0: tiny bit. A little bit.
3: Okay. A little bit. A smidgen, as they yeah. say.
0: Well, I hope you're having a wonderful Christmas time. <laughs> back it in. Back, in, back it in. We're all having a wonderful Christmas No, we're
3: Christmas. not. <laughs> I'm off. <laughs> Thanks, Michael.
0: Joe Wilkinson, always a joy. Right, I won't keep you in suspenders any longer. Let's reveal who our mystery guest is. This is the person you can hear in a full My Time Capsule episode in the new year. But she also agreed to tell me the things she'd want in a Christmas time capsule. And I have to say, it's something that a lot of people would want in theirs. Here is the comedian and giant of the political satire scene on YouTube, Instagram and uh, the one that sounds like a clock, the very lovely Rosie Holt.
4: Can I put in It's a Wonderful Life?
0: You can put in It's a Wonderful Life, yes. It's a Wonderful Life, so much.
4: I watch it every Christmas. I know it's such a cliche because lots of people put that film, but I adore it. Yeah. makes me cry every time I watch it. By the end, I'm always going, (laughs) (laughs) no man is alone who has friends.
0: It's when his mate phones and says he's got it all covered. The the logo becomes rich at the end. It's Ah. making
4: me feel tearful just thinking about it.
0: It is beautiful, isn't it? It's so good. And what people forget about that film is that, of course, for most of it, it's incredibly it's so dark, It's
4: depressing.
0: Yeah, really depressing. <laughs> it's, it's
4: really depressing and dark.
0: It takes a long time for him to be redeemed, as it were. Yeah, you know, yeah. He's, he's begging to go back. Please let me go back. For a long time. Yeah. And finally, it starts to snow again. Yeah. <laughs> Runs up, the, kisses the tree because it's been hit by a car, and yeah. just it's so gorgeous that him running through the snow.
4: Because when it came out, didn't it, it did really badly. Because everyone was mm. like, what well, is this really depressing Christmas film? I don't want anything to do with it.
0: It's, it's an extraordinary thing for America of that time. When you think of America now, mm. you just don't think that they would put forward such a socialist idea. Yeah. They were able to do it because they put it forward as if it were community. Yeah. We're a community and we look You're after right, each other You're right, it is but
4: socialist. It's socialist. Yeah. 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 Yeah,
0: It's the people going off and just making lots of money on their own. No, no, we have to spread that out amongst people. We yeah. have to make sure everybody's okay.
4: And look after each other.
0: And look after each other. It's gorgeous. So
4: it does have a really funny um, bit when he's going, he's going, where's Mary? I need to see Mary. And he goes, <laughs> you won't like it, George. He goes, why? And he goes, she's an old maid. And it's like, <laughs> this could be, also. well, I like it. His- Is it sort of? built up that this is um because but first he's finding out what's happening to his friends and his brother dying and this is the worst because they've been saving the worst till last and the worst (laughs) is is this woman being an old maid (laughs) it's like the worst fate to befall a woman she's
0: wearing glasses (laughs) she's got a bit
4: she's not not (laughs) only an old maid somehow she's got bad eyesight in the process (laughs) Yeah, it's great. It
0: is lovely, isn't it? The top coming off the banister and all those, everything yeah. about it. The children, ridiculous performances from the children. Yeah. And and a fantastic performance of Mr. Potter. Hey, yeah. Oh yeah, he's oh, so I
4: horrible.
0: Horrible, horrible.
4: And what's oh. like crazy is he doesn't really get his come at the end, other than that he doesn't well, he doesn't have love. I mean, I guess that's the whole thing. So he's still being rich and horrible. But Look. I suppose
0: he doesn't own everything. He doesn't yeah. own the town. He doesn't yeah. control everything, which is what he wants. So yeah. th- this thing survives, and they keep the town fights against him. So yeah. that's perfect. It's a fantastic film. We could definitely put that into a Christmas yeah, time capsule. Wonderful. How lovely! Hurrah! Oh, every time a bell rings.
5: Look, Daddy.
0: <laughs> Thanks, Rosie. That's lovely. Oh,
5: thank
4: you very
0: much. Merry Christmas.
4: Merry Christmas, Bye. <laughs>
0: We'll hear more from Rosie in January 2024, can't wait, along with all the other new guests. Of course, I don't actually know who most of them are yet. Exciting, isn't it? And I'm sure that some of them will be as entertaining as one of my least-known guests from last year, who turned out to not only be one of my favourites, but the favourite of lots of listeners as well. It's the ex-teacher, now writer and
1: educationalist and part-time brewer, Hal Roberts. I tell you what I really love I, I, and I, I'm sad to see them go uh, well they seem to be disappearing A Christmas cards ah. I, I love sitting down and writing a Christmas card. I love it it's like a connecting in your it's like you're giving time to people you've not seen for a long time. I write Christmas cards to friends I've not seen for decades. <laughs> you know there's always that worry that they might be dead <laughs> But I try and put that to one side. No, I I, I just love the, the 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 sitting down, writing a card, and um, I, I like I'm I'm very traditional in a way. Strangely, I like a I like a Victorian Christmas card. You know, of a mm-hmm. maybe a church with light, and you can almost hear the choir singing in the bleak midwinter, <laughs> as urchins <laughs> run and throw snowballs around. I really I really love that kind of that kind of nostalgia. And I do love writing a Christmas card. But this year is the first year where I've thought, well, it's getting a bit pricey. What is a first-class stamp now? Oh, no, I'm not confident now in telling you. I was just about to tell you how much. Well, well, I
0: know a second is about 79p or something.
1: Uh, It's it's £1. Uh, I'm just going to say what's in my head. It's about one pound twenty. Wow. It might not be that, though. So don't. Don't write in, dear listener. Mike's got enough on.
0: <laughs> this was recorded in 1986.
1: Yes, yes. Yeah, people have been listening to this in the future But is that all? Tight. <laughs> get not wanting to write Christmas cards. Well, I've actually thought, well, so in my head, part of me in my head have been thinking, well, is it worth spending that on this person who I haven't seen
0: for decades? <laughs> <laughs> I'll Some like- people
1: do go through the process, don't they? If if they don't yeah. get a card back, then costs it costs them off the list. It's like you've crossed a line. It's like, that's it. <laughs> Friendship done. And I think I don't want that to happen because there's people who I've loved and I've absolutely adored being with them. The time, mm. you know, gold pals from uni and all that. But maybe it's time to draw the line. Because one pound twenty-five.
0: Yeah. Lifelong friendships. What's that to do with? one we we're talking here.
1: We're talking about it's costing one twenty-five, And the other thing that's happened is people are saying, oh, I'm going to give it to charity instead of sending cards this year. And frankly, I want receipts. (laughs) I want proof. I want proof. Because I'm (laughs) sitting there. Because the other thing I like doing, what I really love doing, is sitting and putting a film, sort of the cinematic equivalent of a, a nice warm blanket around myself. And I like Kelly's Heroes, which is one of my favourite films. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that, Mike. Yeah. love Kelly's Heroes, right? With Telly Savalas and Donald Sutherland and Clint. Well, they all die bravely. No, I think they get away at the end, Do they? they? I can't, well, this is the point. It's I'm never really concentrating on it because I'm always writing the Christmas cards. Ah. But I like it on in the background. And it's just such a wonderful film. So that writing me Christmas cards, it's watching Kelly Heroes or Dirty Harry. I like Dirty <laughs> Harry as well. I think it's a Clint Eastwood thing. Is that a Christmas film? Neither of them are. <laughs> no. But then I was thinking, when I was preparing to speak to you, Michael, I was thinking, I want to mention some films that I like to watch at Christmas. So there's two of them,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? And I, and these are all things I want to preserve and keep. Because when, when I've done my Christmas cards, which used to take Definitely two films. Don't take that long anymore. In fact, I might just manage an episode of Keeping Up Appearances. (laughs) Then another night I'll wrap wrap my Christmas presents. And um, I like to watch The Wizard of Oz. I am a nostalgic soul. And The Wizard of Oz just reminds me of being a kid. And and it's such a wonderful film. And I can wrap a present and sort of sing along to the Mm -hmm. film as well. So, and I really enjoy that. now. as as our son got older, he started getting, like, more complicated presents to rap, so I had to double bill. So I went from a single movie, The Wizard of Oz, so I double billed it up to either. It sort of fluctuated between Muppet Christmas Carol. Oh, it's brilliant. I mean, the listeners must be lapping this up. (laughs)
0: <laughs> you know. they're, they're going straight on to they're Amazon go, Prime. they
1: going to go straight on there. And, and um, <laughs> National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, which <laughs> I don't know if that's crossed your radar, but it's sort of very joyful. So there's those two key events. There's the Christmas cards, there's the Christmas presents, the preparations of. And then post-Christmas, on Boxing Day, just... I get up first. I don't know why. I get up first on Boxing Day to go and survey the wreckage of my house. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'm, I basically, I'm, I, I like. It's like I'm working for the council. I'm going to offer me, <laughs> offer myself a quote on tidying up. <laughs> it's usually a bombs it. And then I like to just settle down with a cup of tea and a black and white film like Jamaica Inn, or um, the other one I've written down is is um, Cat People or Curse of the Cat People. These are all black and white. And Casablanca as well, that was a good one. So So as
0: far as you're concerned, Boxing Day, that's it, Christmas is over.
1: Christmas is done and I'm proper going into black and white films. And so I watch a load of them and eventually my wife joins me and we watch stuff and we'll we'll watch some telly and and we'll watch some films, maybe Gremlins. Mm -hmm. That's a Christmas film. Yeah. And then our son might join us and he'll he'll want to watch Lord of the Rings or something, so that takes two weeks. (laughs) We finish the night, Boxing Day night, with a carry-on. There's always a carry-on on. Do, do, you, do you get to tidy at all? Yeah, I do a bit, but it's usually the day after. I don't know what they call the day after Boxing Day. It's just bank holiday. I, d- I just tidy up then. And then I start moaning about the tip not being open. That's <laughs> usually when that kicks it Tip's not open, I'll say. Walking around the house to nobody in particular. <laughs> but I kind of love it all, even though I sound like I don't like that bit. I, I, I kind of love the whole ritual. And a mm. lot of it revolves around me sitting down, and I'm all for that.
0: <laughs> Quite right, too. That's your gift to yourself.
1: That's it. So that's yeah. my. that's really my time capsule, mm. I think, for Christmas, is the time I get to spend with my family and the time I get to spend thinking about family and friends, trying to communicate with them, yeah, and enjoying some cinematic treats from the past.
0: Well, you've inspired me. I have for a, a while now gone, ah, what's the point of Christmas cards? And you've inspired me. I, I don't care. 125, I don't care. No. Actually, I'm going to send them second class. I'm not an idiot.
1: Oh, no, that you're not a fool. No. <laughs> but I am because I'd not thought of that
0: thank you you're very welcome that's my christmas gift to you take it and enjoy it
1: ah oh, well thank you very very much i'm very very grateful and i want to wish you and your family a very very merry christmas and all the listeners as well let's have a good one let's have a peaceful one let's have a happy one
0: How roberts why didn't i have teachers like him at my school imagine what i could have achieved You see, the fact that I can't imagine it is all the fault of my teachers. Obviously. The bad workman blames his tools. And let's face it, most of my teachers were a bunch of tools. Okay, it's the inevitable ad break now, but the good thing about ads on podcasts is they're very rarely seasonal. So you probably won't get one of those ads that's driving you mad on the telly at the moment. I hope there are some, though, to help to fund this podcast Leviathan. As they say across the pond... We'll be straight back after these words from our sponsors.
5: Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both,
0: Welcome back to Christmas! Well, almost. My next guest is the ever-entertaining Tom Reed Wilson. Now, when I spoke to Tom this year, he told me that he'd performed one of Shakespeare's sonnets to Judy Dench, and that he was thinking of trying to learn all 154 of them. As a result, and as promised, I sent him a little portable book with all of them in, to encourage him. And if you follow Tom on social media, you'll know that he's actually started learning them, and he performed them beautifully on instagram early days yet but i just had to talk to him about it we will get round to christmas eventually i promise but first as olivia newton john should have said let's get literary
6: oh bliss
0: Hurrah! How lovely to see you.
6: (laughs) Lovely to see you too. You look wonderfully well.
0: I don't look as gorgeous as I could for you. I could have made an effort.
6: Well, you look in the pink to me.
0: (laughs) Overly pink.
6: (laughs) No, just in it, not overly. Okay. As my papa would say.
0: I'm so delighted to see you doing the sonnets.
6: Oh, gosh, yes. Well, I mean, you're partly responsible for that, Mike. Mm -hmm. But I also thought, you know, I've tried, as you know, to learn them all before, and I've learned about 40 or so, and I have done it in a sort of a random way, sort of flicking through and thinking, oh, that appeals, and that's stimulating, and that's interesting. And I thought, you know, I don't think I'll ever get to 154 unless I make myself accountable by being very public about it. Yes. So, um, so that's what I decided to do, and um, and so far, I'm sticking to it. It's sort of pre New Year's resolution resolution.
0: <laughs> yeah, and in in order, the lovely thing about it, I think, is that doing it one, two, three, just going through like that, without sort of in a way editing yourself, without saying, "Well, I don't really, I'm not sure what that one means," or "Is that as beautiful as the others?" But actually, once you've gone through and learnt it and got to understand it and then you perform it, it becomes yes. incredibly clear.
6: You know, you're, you're spot on, you're spot on. And also, I think what's so fascinating about the sonnets is that there are far fewer ideas than there are sonnets. You know, uh, there, there are only a, a handful of ideas and Shakespeare experiments with various ways of conveying those ideas, various metaphors and similes for those ideas. And some are hugely successful and others are sort of uh, uh, very similar. And he just modifies them ever so slightly. Mm. And it's fascinating to sort of climb inside his brain in that way and sort of see what he thinks the best comparison is or what you do as the reader or or the yeah. reciter.
0: I wonder if it were if he was in a way experimenting with it as a form to open his own lyrical writing. You know, when he wrote for writing the soliloquies and that sort of thing.
6: Yes, yes, yes. And some of the ideas explored in soliloquies kind of tally with ideas in the sonnets, mm. especially some of the ideas about male beauty, which I think. Shakespeare explores in what we would regard as a very contemporary way. Yeah. You know, he is—he loves kind of male androgyny and he explores it exhaustively yeah. in the sonnets and sometimes in plays as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, as you like it. And that whole thing of, of Rosalind becoming a man, the idea that... I mean, because yes. in a way they were played by men and people think, well, that was the joke, but I'm not sure it is. I think that actually he is saying, what is the difference between men and women? Is it just attire?
6: Yes, yes, yes. I agree with you, Mike. I completely mm-hmm. agree with you. And as you like it, it's the perfect example. Mm-hmm. That's that's the one that I think has the most that is sort of mirrored in the in the sonnets, especially yes. those early ones.
0: Yeah. Possibly he was even exploring the idea of liberation that actually he was even thinking about well, simply because she wears this dress, we ignore her, but put her in men's clothes, and suddenly what she says becomes as relevant to us as anybody else and yes. it's important
6: yes and and there are so many uh, trouser rolls, as they say <laughs> in those plays in the in the canon it's it's fascinating, I'm sure you're right about that mm. And it it was a sentiment, if you think about what Elizabeth I said, that, you know, she had the heart and mind of a king. (laughs) Um, There there was a sort of ubiquitous notion, I think, of taking elements of being male for women to fulfil roles that they would like to fulfil that um, were not customary.
0: Yes. Yeah, quite. Well, I, I look forward to seeing the journey, actually. I, I, oh, know, I know it's a, you, it's a long one ahead of you, but uh, I really look forward to it because it, it, also because it comes just from your voice. Do you know what I mean? That it's your interpretation of these poems. And it's really yes. interesting. I've listened yes. to them and then I've gone and found them and sort of read along with you.
6: I love that you've done that. And somebody on um, Instagram posted the text beneath and said, I find this helpful um, yeah. and I find it makes me listen to it more intently. Funnily enough, I went to see a wonderful production of As You Like It at that new theatre um, in Soho. I think it's called Soho Plays. Yes. And they had a deaf actor playing one of the roles. And because of that, they it wasn't subtitles, it was sewer titles, actually, mm. over the whole piece but I was delighted because I thought, wow, how wonderful to see these words that are being kind of masticated on by the company contemporaneously. It, it, it made them somehow ring even more and, and hit you right in the solar plexus. It was, <laughs> it was fascinating. How
0: lovely. How lovely. Uh-huh. I'm not sure if I want to talk to you about things from Christmas. It's just you're too lovely to talk to <laughs> you anyway. But but I have to. I have to ask yes. you to, to put something into a Christmas time capsule for me. Oh,
6: 361 days of the year. I don't eat a mince pie. <laughs> because my granny has spoiled me for all other mince pies with a very old Jocelyn Dimbleby recipe. And it has a very, very short pastry, um, very crumbly. And I asked her how she got her pastry so short. And she said, I'm afraid (laughs) Um, I use lard, which is what Jocelyn says to do. Mm -hmm. And above the mincemeat is a layer of cream cheese. And in that lardy, short, short pastry is orange zest to lighten it. And the melange of those, things is so toothsome, I cannot describe it. it. It really makes me eschew all other mince pies, which is perhaps for the best because I think as a <laughs> combination of lard and cream cheese and all of that, I'm <laughs> probably having my quota in those three days.
0: I've never come across that combination before
6: though. That's oh, amazing. It's wonderful. And funnily enough, poor Jocelyn Dimbleby, I mean she was she was as famous as, you know, as you know as Delia and Fanny Craddock and all those and Mary, and all those people in her day. Mm. Um, but now, at, at my vintage don't really know her. But if you put in into the artist formerly known as Twitter, X, <laughs> hashtag Jocelyn Dimbleby, all that comes up, applauds and encomiums about those mince pies. So I think the recipe must be there somewhere. Mm. They are just so delicious. I even defy non-mince pie lovers not to like them. Because <laughs> they're almost a different entity, Mike. You know? Who are
0: these people? Who are these people? We, we don't mention them.
6: It's that they exist. We won't have it. I have a mince pie joke for you, actually, Mike, if you like.
0: Yes, I'd love a mince pie joke.
6: There are two mince pies in the oven, and one mince pie said to the other mince pie, God, it's hot in here. And the other mince pie says oh my God, it's a talking mince pie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's a lovely joke. It's very good. I know you know I like a little joke. Well, lovely. Are you, um, are you going to enjoy those mince pies this Christmas you get the opportunity?
6: I am with my lovely granny and mm-hmm. my maternal granny and my mum and my aunt and Uh, my sister and her three sprogglets (laughs) and my brother and my cousin. So it would be, it would be wonderful. wonderful. What are you doing for Christmas night?
0: Family. Yes, absolutely. Are you hosting? I I am. I have my children coming and, uh, and my grandchildren. I've gone mad with the decorations, Tom. I've gone mad. Have
6: you? and, And how much of the cooking do you do? Not a lot. You're sort of a, a dependable sous-chef,
0: I think. Well, I think so. I'm more a sommelier.
6: <laughs> oh, well, we need one of those. That's my <laughs> role at Christmas, too.
0: Yes, absolutely. What should we try next? Yes.
6: <laughs> <laughs> I find champagne is very good because you're you're so consistent on champagne, and I've mm-hmm. never in my life regretted a glass of champagne.
0: Very well said.
6: Even at the shank of the evening.
0: Yes. Well, we do have a very lovely bottle of champagne to have on Christmas Day because having had years and years of my agent basically sending me a Christmas card uh, this year, I've had (laughs) a package from Fortin and Mason's with a very large bottle of champagne and some chocolate truffles.
6: Oh, bliss.
0: That's why I'm having a very indulgent family Christmas, but uh, I hope you have a gorgeous day with your family.
6: Oh, and you, Mike. I shall be thinking of you and raising a glass to you.
0: Merry Christmas.
6: (laughs) Merry Christmas. Lots of love.
0: The sweetest man in Christendom, Tom Reed Wilson. Do follow him and encourage him in his attempt to learn the sonnets, and then do send me the recipe for those mince pies if you find them. Diet be damned. (gasps) But alas, what light from yonder computer tells me that this is our last guest? Ah, but what a guest. However, before we hear him, I have to tell you that this nearly didn't happen. He couldn't get the sound to work from his end. Ghost in the machine, I think. In fact, ghost in the episode... Yes, talking to me on the speakerphone and recorded through my mic, you see how resourceful I can be, is the brilliant star and co creator of Ghosts and, well, lots more, the incomparable Jim Howick. Because it really is me saying to people, would you do me this small favour? And I'm amazed that everybody said yes. So, oh, well, of course, Mike, it's you. Oh, don't be silly. So, no, I I, I absolutely, you know, I'm honoured by it. Once I explain it to people and say, you know, Jim rang me up, they'll be impressed with that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, it sounds more impressive, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, he rang he me does, up. yeah, he does, yeah. The gremlins cre- in the machine, it can sometimes be a blessing. Yes, quite, indeed. Well, you don't uh, have to look at me, that's a good thing.
7: Yeah, <laughs> well, I was glad to see your face, even for a minute there, Mike. Um, sorry about that. Are you well?
0: I am very well, Jim. Yeah, yes. Good. Since I did Ghost With You, I've lost, well, I think, well over a stone. Really? Yeah. And I'm going into uh, into Wicked in the West End in March.
5: Oh, fantastic.
0: To I'm going to be the playing West? The Wizard of Oz for a Oh, wow. <laughs> so <laughs> if you have young people who want to come and see it, let me know. Yeah.
7: I will, absolutely, yeah.
0: Well, it's really lovely of you to do this for me, Jim, and uh, it's it's really simple. All I'm going to ask is for you to tell me something that you personally would like to have in a time capsule for Christmas. Yes, yes. I was thinking about sort of things, personal things, that I would like to put in my Christmas time capsule. Mm. But I thought in the spirit of Christmas, I'd do something universal. For um, mankind? Something-
7: for mankind,
0: even. Oh, you've done enough already, Jim. Um, <laughs> well, I think this is a greater thing. I think, <laughs> um, you
7: know, some people think that carols are the best thing about Christmas and others think it's the illuminations. Most think it's just the general spirit of joyous union. But they're all wrong. Right? <laughs> because the, the best thing about Christmas is the leftovers. <laughs> Specifically, the leftovers within the time frame of between 5 and 24 hours after the main event of Christmas dinner. Mm. Um, That is the window of the space-time continuum where (laughs) um, one can sample the two greatest meals of the year, the Christmas Day supper and the Boxing
0: Day luncheon. Ah, Yes, I think I'd agree yeah. with you, and so would my family. We love yeah. christmas lunch, but but absolutely that thing when at about mm, probably about seven o'clock at night, you think to yourself, "I you know I think I could eat again
7: absolutely, absolutely. I think that Christmas dinner is grand and as, and as lovely as it, as it is it always mm. is you, you You never sort of feel hungry, especially if you've cooked it. you never really feel like you want to eat it. <laughs> um, until it's sort of all gone cold. You go to a sort of great effort to, to prepare it and to time it perfectly so that everything's sort of warm and, and of a decent temperature when you serve it. But actually, what you really earn for is all of it cold. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> it's such a crazy sort of lie we all tell ourselves every year. I think Britain is the one of the only countries in, in sort of Western Europe that, that, that and, in, and and even in America, the way we don't have Christmas dinner on Christmas Eve. Yeah, and, and all over the world, they eat different things, don't they? Sort of France eat carp. Yeah.
7: That's right, yeah, carp. Weird. Um, have you tried carp?
0: Never, no.
7: It's not for me.
0: <laughs> well, Is it like eating mud? That's what I'd imagine. Well, it's you know, freshwater fish. I think there's a sort of a, they, they, they seem to be, a bit, it, it, leaves, it leaves me a bit cold. It's a bit bland, right. I find, sort of freshwater yeah. fish. But um, turkey, on the other hand, Mm. Or maybe a four rib of beef. Delicious. Yeah. But even more delicious come sort of 7,
7: 7.30 on Christmas Day. I know exactly what I want. <laughs> um, you know, will I get delve into the cheese board with a pickled walnut? No, not no. yet. No. What I want is exactly the same meal with special guests, two slices of thick bread and mayonnaise. <laughs> <laughs> <To> make, um, <laughs> the perfect Christmas sandwich.
0: Yes, absolutely. Stuffed full of all those things. Cold sprouts. Everything. It's ridiculous. Bread sauce. Just everything that
7: was on the plate.
0: Bread everything. Sauce. Everything all stuffed into a sandwich. Then Boxing Day, of course, the wonderful meal that you have then people buy hams and cheeses and all the other things but actually the things that people always go for are those cold leftover vegetables and and cold roast potatoes
7: absolutely well for us the next day is the sort of true
0: main event we've got all the distraction of presents and wrapping paper and everything else out of the way Yeah, jumpers that don't fit anymore um, (laughs) because you know you put on too much weight over the year and after a sort of biblical dog walk into a buttery pan go all the veg
7: oh. for a crispy bubble and squeak. Ugh. Crispy and steamy, I think. Yeah. The only hot thing you're allowed on Boxing Day. And then the cold meat is thinly sliced and the pickles are generously
0: heaped. Oh, it's oh. Dickensian. Isn't it? Isn't it just?
7: And, and for dessert, a couple of renny. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, of course. Well, um, how long do your leftovers last then? Would that be the end of them? Or do you make a soup and then well, a curry? Yeah,
7: this is the thing with leftovers. There is a definite, there's a definite, there's a prime time. And I do believe it's sort of within five hours and 24 hours of Christmas Day. I think that mm-hmm. even on the 27th, but leftover fatigue can creep in. I mean, we we usually make a pie. We usually make a sort of turkey and ham pie. Right. But I always sort of get a, a yearning
0: sort of within the Christmas gap uh, where you, don't, you never know what day it is. You're just sort of existing in sort of Christmas week. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I sort of get a yearning
7: for something sort of fresh, like a, like a wintry salad or
0: something. Mm. That's sort your body crying out That's for it. That's sweet. what that is.
7: I think it's my body crying out for, for sort of water in mm. some way or
0: another. <laughs> um, <laughs> And uh, so, yeah, there is a definite window for me where I'm like, OK, I think I've had it with meat. I'm going to sort of have a, a a veggie curry or something. Yeah. Um,
7: and maybe make a pie, but stick it in the freezer and leave it for another day.
0: Yeah. Yeah, very maybe good. New Year's Day, which is always a favorite day, because I find that the older I get, I sort of look forward to the hangover more than the night out. Um <laughs> <laughs> because it's an excuse to do nothing
7: exactly you can mm. set yourself up that's me on the
0: sofa a couple yeah.
7: of old bond films and the turkey and ham pie which you've lovingly prepared prepared on 27th and now and <laughs> an salivating but it's yeah
0: fantastic well jim if your acting career ever fades yes. away which i very much doubt um <laughs> th- there is there is a place for you on MasterChef, because... Oh, well, thank you. Now, I've always thought that those poor people have to eat that food and say how lovely it is, but by the time the cameras have filmed it from all sorts of different directions and people have carried it across and then they've served it up, I think it must be an hour before those foods actually get onto the plate in front of them and they have to eat them. And then they say, mmm, that was... Oh, that's beautifully cooked. Of course, it's all freezing cold. It's cold. Yeah. But you can manage that, you see. You've got the skills. I love a cold. I love a cold meal. There you are. I, I, <laughs> you know, I prefer a cold
7: pasty. <laughs> I, love, I, I love cold Indian food the next
0: day. Perfect. It's the perfect job. When John Tarrowe finally, you know, hangs up his apron, you're the man.
7: <laughs> oh, I think I'd be more of a Greg, to be honest, Mike.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Give me the pudding. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I'm interested to know what your what
7: yours would be, Mike. I'm gonna I might turn the tables on you. As oh, you okay. What's your uh, time capsule?
0: Oh, Christmas thing to put in a time capsule. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> I do love the hat game, which is simple, very simple. You pull the cracker, you put the hat on your head, and you see how long you can keep it on. And the last one to still be wearing his Christmas hat wins a prize. And I have a friend, and he, one Christmas, managed to wear his hat until the day before New Year's Eve. Wow. He slept in it.
7: How did he shower?
0: Uh, he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, he was did so go determined go ahead to ahead. win. Just, the competition wow. is fierce. That is fierce. Yeah? That's, um. yeah. I mean, I, I remember as a kid, I used to place uh, Ferrero Rocher stickers on my ears, and, <laughs>
7: and they were earrings. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I played the Ferrero Rocher butler. Can you believe Did that? You really? Yeah. What a weird in career.
7: One. In, the, in the
0: ambassadors. In the, in the ambassadors amb- thing, yeah. but only in spa- on Spanish television. I was this Spanish I think I was called Pepe the ambassador or ambassadoress. It was the wife of Julio Iglesias and Fantastic. she she waved to me across and I had to carry the thing. But do you know Jim, the Ferrero Rocher tower, there is only one and it's kept in the Ferrero Rocher museum in Turin and they brought it ceremoniously for me to carry it across. And all it is is Ferreroshi stuck on a load of chicken wire.
7: (laughs) My word. Yeah. I I mean, I love that. I love that it's become a sort of tangible, precious item. It's extraordinary.
0: People visit.
7: Really? Yeah. Extraordinary. <laughs> and are they real frere Rocher? Or are they, I suppose they've probably gone off now,
0: right? I should imagine so. No, they didn't let me try them. It's a very precious thing. They only gave it to me just before the take, and then immediately it was finished, they took it back. Because right. they, it's and the I original that there's a sort of, uh, the, t- the top layer
7: is, isn't the, the, the crowning frere Rocher, because that's the one you have to take off in the
0: adverts. Exactly. They leave a little gap at the top. Goodness me. Madness
7: see i know what the next treasure is for the for the italian job too
0: <laughs> <laughs> can they get past the security yeah of all the very very fat guards who get given ferrero roshi as part of their job <laughs>
7: <laughs> that's it that's the one charlie fantastic <laughs> jim thank
0: you very much merry no christmas forward,
7: Mike. merry christmas to you and to all your listeners
0: bless you Bless you indeed, Jim. And God bless us, everyone. I hope these special Christmas episodes have put you in the mood for the Yuletide celebrations. We'll be back with some proper My Time Capsule episodes with new guests in 2024 and some other treats before then. So keep listening and do tell your friends. Thanks to all my guests this year, it's been enormous fun. I've recorded 96 episodes with some amazing people and I've loved every minute of it. But thank you for listening in because without you, it would just be me and a mate chatting at the kitchen table. Sounds quite good fun actually, but never mind. Enjoy yourselves, but do try and spread the cheer. Even a Merry Christmas in the street to a stranger as you pass will help, I'm sure. So do your best and may your days be merry and bright. And may all your Christmases be in a time capsule. I'll leave you with my first effort at writing a Christmas number one. See what you think. Merry, 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 merry Christmas. It's the best time of the year. Merry, 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 merry Christmas. Let's spread some Christmas cheer. So, merry, 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 merry Christmas. The days will soon be gone. Thanks for taking the time to listen to Mike and his son John. Hey! Have a lovely Christmas. Bye!